What's really good? Welcome back to another episode of The Sanchez Show, sports podcast influenced by hip-hop. And I'm your host, Eric Sanchez, a.k.a. Legend in Two Games. Make sure you follow me across all social media platforms. That's Legend in Two Games, completely spelled out. L-E-G-E-N-D-I-N-T-W-O-G-A-M-E-S. Shoot me a like, shoot me a comment. And as always, we open up the platform for anybody who wants to have a great sports debate. So if you got a topic or a certain subject you want me to get into or want to join the show and debate it with me, feel free to hit me up, man. With that being said, uh, it is Thursday, October 1st. Um, I want to I wanna get into a little bit of NBA talk, uh, some more NBA talk, I should say, not a little bit, because we got news recently uh, as early as this afternoon that Doc Rivers will be going to the Philadelphia 76ers. It looks like it's going to be a five-year deal. So I just wanted to give my immediate uh, thoughts and rapid reactions to that. Um, I'll save some of my finals talks for a little bit later on. If you go back to yesterday's episode, I gave my prediction on what I thought was going to happen in the series. So I wasn't too surprised by game one, though I am uh, a little down knowing that Bam Adebayo and Gorgon Dragic are going to miss game two. Dragic looks like he might be out for the series. Bam, we don't know how long he's going to be out, but nonetheless, they're both going to be out for game two. But we'll get into that later on for uh, another day. We'll save that for another day. With that being said, as I mentioned, Doc Rivers going to the Sixers. I'm a little shocked. Um, I'm shocked that it happened so quickly. He just, um, or it was just announced on Monday that Doc and the Clippers were parting ways and it was a mutual thing. Um, then earlier today, I was reading a report by uh, Ramona Shelbourne of ESPN, and she was breaking down some of the things that took place over the last two weeks since the Clippers were eliminated and what led to Doc ultimately stepping away from the position and after reading it I kind of thought maybe Doc would take a little time off um, because it seems like he stepped away from the Clipper Clipper job and the position there with the Clippers because he had kind of fallen out of touch with, the, with his locker room a little bit um, there they seemed to be a little bit of a disconnect with not only the locker room but also his coaching staff um, I also thought he would wait because it looks like two of his top assistants are in line for head coaching positions, so he wouldn't be able to bring those guys with him to Philly. I don't think Ty Lue um, is going to follow Doc over there. Ty is either going to stay in L.A. and take over the Clippers or possibly land in New Orleans, uh, where I hear he has an interview coming up. His other top assistant, Sam Cassell, who's been waiting for a job for quite some time, uh, looks like he could be the front runner for the Houston job. So I'm, I'm shocked, like I said, that one Doc – decided so quickly he only took three days to kind of come up with this uh decision and feeling as if he wants to jump right back into the next coaching job as opposed to taking some time off um I'm shocked like I mentioned because he won't be taking his coaching staff with him uh I'm shocked also because the Sixers are in a position where though talented with Embiid and Ben Simmons the ro the roster's a little flawed um, they don't have cap space to really make an, an improvement or an upgrade of the current roster. And it's also a situation where I don't, from what I understand and, and my knowledge of looking back and also reading what's going on right now, he has no ties to the current general manager, Elton Brand. So I'm not sure how they plan on making this union work because he's coming into a situation where the roster really can't be upgraded unless there are drastic changes and drastic trades that are made. And he doesn't have the rapport ready with his general manager. So I don't, I don't know if this is going to be a successful landing spot for Doc. Um, and again, throw in the aspect of now having to bring in um, assistants that 
you know, you probably haven't worked with in the last few years because it's top two, as I mentioned, with the Clippers are gone. Uh, Mike Woodson is a guy he worked with in the past. Mike Woodson is already on the Knicks staff with Tom Thibodeau. So he's going to have to bring in some guys that he probably hasn't either had on his staff recently or first-time assistants. And when we're talking about an organization in Philly who is eager to win, uh, they are eager to justify the moves that they've made over the past seven to 10 years, obviously tanking for quite some time. Then making a big splashes, the trades for Jimmy Butler, which didn't work out making a trade for Tobias Harris, who they, who most people and myself included feel they overpaid uh, last off season, uh, making a move for Al Horford, Josh Richardson, guys who are super talented, but for whatever reason, it just didn't mesh well this year. So I think doc is walking into a, a bit of a tricky situation. You know, we can't overlook either that the Eastern Conference is going to be tougher next year. Um, we see, obviously, the Miami Heat have kind of sped up their development. Um, we know the Brooklyn Nets are going to have their two stars back next year. Giannis is still going to be in the East. Boston still has a very good team. Toronto looks like they're on the verge of, of competing for the next few years, um, depending, obviously, with the right roster moves. But they've, they've got an all-star in Pascal Siakam. They've got some solid pieces that they've got to make some decisions on in, in free agency, including Fred Van Fleet. But ultimately, they look like they're going to be in position to compete. So coming to the East is no cakewalk. And like I said, coming to a position that has a little bit of uncertainty attached to it uh, may not have been the best decision for Doc. You know, and I wonder if he took this job um, as, as a I'll prove you wrong type mindset, if, if maybe he felt like he was pushed out of L.A. and he wants to show everyone what he can really do. Uh, thought it was a bit of a drastic move, but the more and more I thought about it and the more and more I think about it now, maybe it's not. Maybe this is just who Doc Rivers is. I mean, when he left Boston, um, he immediately jumped on a Clipper job. He didn't take time to think about it or weigh his options. You know, and at the time, don't get me wrong, the Clippers had a nice team, but he was had already established a legacy in Boston, and he left there to go to L.A., and now he's leaving L.A. to come back east. So I'm I'm interested to see how this plays out um, for a number of reasons. I'm interested to see if, if Doc Rivers really is in tune with these younger players or if what we saw in LA is, is kind of the new norm for him. You know, we can't overlook um, what he's accomplished in this league. We can't downplay the fact that he's coached uh, in two NBA finals, won one of those NBA finals, uh, help turn the Clippers around into a perennial contender every year. Um, he had Orlando when he coached there as a playoff team. So he's done well in every stop. But we can't uh, also ignore or overlook the fact that the one team he had the most success with was veteran-laden, uh, relied heavily on veteran presence, and they were self-motivated. You know, KG, Pierce, Ray Allen, those guys wanted to win, and they wanted to win bad. Um, we can't forget that before KG and Ray Allen got there, that Boston team was a lottery team, even with Paul Pierce, as, as good as he is and as great as he was at that time. That was still a team that, that couldn't even make the playoffs with Doc as the coach and with Paul Pierce as your best player. Um, yes, the roster was flawed. Yes, they, you know, the East was, was still tough because uh, Detroit was in the East. Um, you know, the Nets were still solid at that point. The Pacers were still a good team. So the East was tough, but nonetheless, the East was still the lesser conference at that time, and Doc can't even make the playoffs. 
And it took bringing, bringing in those veterans who were self-motivated, who were so hungry for a championship to really turn things around in Boston. And I say that to say this, if he struggled with having Kawhi and Paul George, who most people consider two of the top 10, if not top 15 players in the league, bottom line, top 15. Two, both those guys are top 15. Kawhi is in that top five discussion right now in the league. If he struggled to motivate those guys, how is he going to motivate Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? Joel Embiid consistently is out of shape. Ben Simmons refuses to shoot anything outside of the paint. How is Doc Rivers going to motivate those guys? That's my concern with this, with this hiring and with this selection by Doc Rivers. How is he going to connect with this generation of player who up until this point, everything has been handed to those guys? There isn't any big criticism on Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, even though they've never been past the second round of the playoffs. Both those guys have been anointed and, and are viewed by many people as bright stars in a league, and they have the potential to be MVPs in this league. But no one is shining a light on those guys and saying, you've got to win now. You've got to turn this thing around now. Everything's been handed to those guys. Those guys have been treated like royalty pretty much from day one. So how is Doc Rivers going to motivate those guys? If he couldn't do it with Kawhi and Paul George, if he couldn't do it with, with Pat Bev and Reggie Jackson and Lou Will and Montrez Harrell, who are all-stars, never won anything, but are all-stars and were considered very gritty and tough players already, if you can't motivate them, how are you going to motivate the guys who don't have that same mindset? How are you going to motivate the guys, again, who have had everything handed to them to this point in the league just my thoughts. I'm, I'm interested to see how this plays out. Um, but I will say this, and this is just the, the fan in me that's just started thinking, you know, we've heard different talks uh, and, and different uh, rumors in regards to what the Sixers would do with their roster. There's always this talk of, do you move Ben Simmons? Do you move Embiid? Do you keep them together? Um, how can you upgrade this roster? There was the, the talk recently that if D'Antoni took the job, would the Sixers entertain the idea of trying to trade for James Harden? I actually like that idea, uh, but I do know it would have cost the Sixers uh, Ben Simmons to make that trade happen. But nonetheless, I will say this. I think there is a trade to be made. I, I do see a certain player on this Sixer roster who can be had, and he's a good player. And I'm not talking about Embiid or Simmons. I'm talking about Tobias Harris, and he is a very good player. He, he's not a slouch. He's not a scrub. Um, he is overpaid, but he was paid fairly based on the market when he hit free agency. And we've got to remember that he played for Doc Rivers a few years ago in L.A., and it didn't quite work out there. He wanted a new contract. Uh, Clippers offered him what at the time seemed like a fair deal, and he turned it down and then was traded to the Sixers and re-upped there for way more money than anyone thought he was going to get. And I think Tobias Harris might be the trade chip to bring in uh, a former Doc Rivers player. And I think there are two guys to really consider. Um, the first one, I think, is Paul George. I don't, I honestly don't think that Paul George is the right fit with Kawhi in Los Angeles. I think, um, and not to say Tobias is a better player than him, but I think Tobias at this point, from everything we've seen from Paul George, I think Tobias might be the better fit as the number two and the guy who is more willing to be the spot-up shooter in the corner and also the guy who can play the stretch four 
which will allow, allow Kawhi to play more of the traditional three that he likes to play. Um, so I think Tobias Harris could be in play. Now, I don't know if the Clippers want to go back down that road. I wouldn't be surprised. I'll throw some names out there because I think you could make it work. But I think if, if you can move Tobias for Paul George, uh, for the Clippers, I think it's, it's a good fit. For the Sixers, it makes sense because Paul George only has that one more year guaranteed on his contract. More than likely, he's going to opt out after next season. So if you're the Sixers, that would alleviate some of the stress you're under in regards to, to salary right now. Um, he is for the, for the Sixers, I think he would be a great addition. Another wing defender who can shoot the three and who can create off the dribble. And again, he's interchangeable at the guard or forward positions. So it allows you to do a lot of different things around um, Ben Simmons. Uh, he's not my favorite pickup for the Sixers, but I think it could work. And I think if, if him and Doc have a strong enough relationship, Doc may push for that move to happen. Again, Doc's already had Tobias Harris. And they weren't too fond of him when they had him. They, they moved on from him uh, for Landry Shamit and uh, a first-round pick that they end up trading away anyway later on. So Landry Shamit is nothing more than a bench player for the Clippers. That first-round pick they got for Tobias, they never even used. They traded away in the Paul George deal. So I think ultimately uh, Doc may not think as highly of Tobias Harris as Elton Brand did when Elton Brand re-signed him last year. That's the first name. The second name I'm going to throw out there is really intriguing for me. And I think it's going to be really intriguing for you guys. The guy I think that Doc Rivers will have his eye on that I think not only fits the Sixers, but can also help make Ben Simmons a better player. And that's no knock to Ben because I think Ben is a good player now. He is a legitimate all-star. He is one of the top 20 players in the league. But he does need a little bit of work on his game. There's no hiding that fact. And I think the one guy that the Sixers can make the trade for that would make perfect sense and could come in and help Ben would be Chris Paul. And again, I think Tobias Harris is the trade chip. Tobias Harris does make a little bit more money than Chris Paul, but Tobias Harris would be the perfect fit for what the Oklahoma City Thunder are doing right now. Keep in mind, they're going to lose Danilo Gallinari in free agency. They're, they're losing him next year or next off season, because again, next year is going to be kind of crazy with the NBA schedule, but next off season, they're going to be losing Steven Adams. They're going to be losing Dennis Schroeder. So that roster is going to be going through some different changes. They're going to have to figure out where they want to spend the money. And I think if you bring Tobias Harrison to be the complement to Shea Gillis-Alexander, who's going to be the future of that organization, I think that's a very solid move. And I think Tobias is an upgrade over Gallinari. So CP3 for Tobias Harris, I think is going to be a real discussion. I think there are going to be rumors about that out there. And I think CP3 would be a great addition in Philly. Listen, Ben Simmons as a big point guard does not need to play the point guard from a traditional standpoint. You don't have to have a traditional number two and a number three next to him because he's big enough to play those different positions. Look at the way Dallas utilizes Luka Doncic. Even though he is their point guard and the initiator of the offense, he doesn't just play the one. Defensively, he's playing the three, the four, depending on the matchups. You can do the same thing with Ben. But by bringing CP3 in, you bring in a shooter, you bring in another ball handler who can ease things up for Ben Simmons and make it a little easier for him and let him work off the ball and utilize his size and mismatches. And it's similar to what the Sixers wanted to do during the restart when they wanted to move him to the four. 
at the time, people didn't understand the move because it, it didn't make sense that you would want to move him to the four just to get Shake Milton more minutes. For Shake Milton, nah, it might not make sense. But for Chris Paul, it makes perfect sense. And when you consider they still got a guy like Josh Richardson on the roster who could be the number two, now you've got a really good defensive team with enough shooting to make up for Ben's unwillingness to shoot. CP3 to Philadelphia is going to be a real discussion had at the end of the season. And I think CP3 for Tobias Harris, and you may throw in a, a future pick here, there's something to kind of compliment it again because Tobias has more years left on his contract than CP3. He's also the younger player here. So Philly may ask for some sort of lottery-protected pick included just to, just to compensate the fact that they're getting the older player. However, I think it's a perfect fit for Philly. We know how Doc feels about him. Doc had him at L.A. Doc loved him. They had a great relationship there. And I think it, at some point, will be talked about in Philly as to whether or not they want to reunite. Again, just my thoughts, man. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, make sure you follow us. Sanchez Show, follow me, sorry. Sanchez Show, streaming across all major platforms, as well as uh, follow me on social media. Again, it's Legend in Two Games, completely spelled out. L-E-G-E-N-D-I-N-T-W-O-G-A-M-E-S. Shoot me a like, shoot me a comment. And as always, I open up the platform for anyone who wants to have a great sports debate. That being said, I'm out.